0: Welcome to the Connor Charlin Podcast, where I, Connor Charlin, meet up with a musician, hear about what makes them tick, what kind of experiences they're bringing into their musical journey. On today's podcast, we have Susanna Lovesky, a Ukrainian-American singer-songwriter based in Los Angeles, California. I first heard Lovski at a recent house concert in Burbank, and I loved her voice and kind of her overall demeanor. She just came out with a new song called Just Friends, as well as the video, which she did herself along with her partner. You're going to be able to hear the song, watch the video. I'm going to link both of those things in the description below. You're also going to be able to hear a little bit of the song at the end of the episode, but I'm just going to do a little bit of a clip because I actually want you to go to her Spotify, go listen to it there so that she gets plays. On this episode, you'll hear us talk about overcoming physical injury and limitation and using adversity to propel you forward in life. Really hope you enjoy this conversation between myself and Lovsky. Susanna Lovsky, how should I refer to you? Susanna, Suze, Lovsky?
1: You can say Suze.
0: Suze, great. Yeah,
1: that's what all my friends call me, so great. might as well.
0: I appreciate it. I got to read a little bit of your... Um, there was the shout out LA article that you had done a while back so I got to um, read about you through there I uh, really love the story of going from Craigslist band to band breakup to being able to go solo and I would love to I'll just love to like give you the floor of like where where that journey has taken you like how how you've it seems it seems like there were some things that you had to go through in order to decide to go solo for yourself, so I'd love to hear about some of the context of what led up to that.
1: Okay, cool. Um also sorry, I think the leaf blower guy just started. So No, it's great. So, I pretty much yeah, I found the band on Craigslist. I had decided this one day that I wanted to pursue music and it's really difficult to when you are starting from scratch, like I didn't know where to start at all. Um, I just knew that I liked poetry and I loved music. I was a dancer before and when I quit, it was for health reasons, my back had been injured and what I took away from quitting was my favorite part of dancing was the music. Mm. So um, I decided like, I wanna make this somehow, make music that I could dance to or whatever. Yeah. Um, but th- that moves people and anyway, um the band taught me a lot about establishing yourself on socials and in live settings. It organically broke up. I mean, there were some there was a little drama, but we don't have to get into that. Sure. Um, when that happened, I kind of was unsure of how to pursue things on my own at first. So that's why I was latching on to different partners. Um, I actually dated someone in the band and then I was doing like covers with him. But that taught me how to, you know, like create little covers and all that. And that helped me realize that I really want to be on my own because relying on anyone is just difficult. So then I decided my friend invited me to a party um for networking and i'm not really much of a partier Mm. minus if i if i get invited to go dancing then i'm down i don't drink because i'm crazy as it is so like i don't need any substances so anyway i was working at a restaurant that night and i was like all right i guess i'll go And I met, I ended up meeting some really cool music people. One of them got me in the studio with some other cool music people. And that's when, um, back this is back in 2018, that's when I started really going full force solo. Because I met these two guys. One of them who was the owner of the studio we were in. And the other was pretty much his apprentice. But like had his own thing going, but he would engineer sessions and he was his own artist. Mm -hmm. So that guy I ended up becoming a duo with. um, But that was super cool because I learned even more about production, even more about not selling yourself, but being able to create a brand and Mm -hmm. market yourself in an appealing way and also learned how to hone in on a sound because before I was just all over the place, especially because the band I was in wasn't mine. It was other people's band and they had me on as a vocalist. So I never really developed a style. To answer your question, long-winded way of getting there, I found my sound within the studio and started developing these songs as a solo artist and also working on cool collaborations. Within this duo, yeah, it just it was all intuitive. What I really liked about the process of anything I was making, it was all okay. Today, let's start somewhere, and it would be like the producer would feel baseline coming, and I'd be like, "That's it, the just the baseline," and I'd be like, "I have an idea," and yeah. out of that would come a verse and a hook. Um, I would imagine different scenarios. My first song I ever released, I wrote it about being in a thrift store and imagining this guy like kind of like picking through the clothes and the song starts out with see over there with that blue suede on and it's called blue suede yeah. so anyway it was just like a lot of storytelling a lot of imagination a lot of intuitive creating so it was cool
0: there's so much story in there that I um, there's so many different ways we can go I wanna I want to back all the way up to back pain um in <laughs> in dancing um okay so dancing how how big of a space in your life was dancing
1: that was everything it was everything I was, yeah i when i quit i lost my identity but it's funny that humans can latch on to anything for identity because Music became my identity pretty quickly. And I've learned recently how that is dangerous. Dancing, I started at five years old, like six years old for real. Five years old, I was watching and, you know, just doing my thing out on the outskirts. I was a bit timid. But what I was doing, what my mom explained to me later was I was watching so that I could learn on the sidelines so that when I came out there, I wasn't completely unaware of how things went yeah. so um i guess that's kind of been a constant for me as i like to quietly learn things first and then come out with hey i'm i'm trying this yeah i did that till around 21 that's when i quit mm-hmm. so i got my ten thousand hours in with that um it was really brutal to let go of it because it's everything i knew but i knew that what i was imagining i i couldn't see myself doing that my whole life i didn't know that there was so much more to the dance industry till i came to la but by then i was you know fully music but i was competing i I did latin ballroom so competitively did latin ballroom yeah my whole life and it was consuming me for ages. Like I didn't have any sports that I did at school. And back then it wasn't like dancing with the stars was really a thing until way later. So now people think it's cool, but like no one knew about it before. I was the sort of weird girl that would get fake tans and people would be like, why are you going away (laughs) this weekend to some random competition? So yeah, that also taught me a lot, that whole part of my life.
0: Yeah. I've heard that it's incredibly straining on the body to be a dancer, kind of in general. Like, mm-hmm. was there as you were learning about your injury, often you can like see the injury on the horizon, and then as you, but then you continue to wear it down, like as you, um, as you go, and then there's like typically like a stopping point of like, well, now you can't. So like, what was? I mean, I I just know this from like a lot of my friends. I, I grew up in a volleyball family, so my oh nice. And, so my entire life was about volleyball. And I personally didn't experience injury and I'm super grateful for that. But a lot of my friends, you can see like, it's very normal for your rotator cuff to mm-hmm. go out um, and your knees to go out. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit, but normally the rotator cuff, just cause you're like doing, it's the, it's mm-hmm, the back the and force. around motion and just getting a ton of force mid swing. Um, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, you only have so many hits in you. Right. Um, and you slowly see your number going down and that that relationship is is really interesting what was it like for you to kind of come to a reckoning with like physical limitation in that in that area
1: it was pretty scary super cool by the way that um you did volleyball and come from that but it was so worrisome yeah. um i didn't know what was about to happen to me uh, luckily i i As a lot of things have happened in my life, I was led to answers or ways to help myself um, through family and through friends. Um, One thing led to another. I was in a rehab in Arizona. It was actually the Arizona Cardinals rehab center. Wow! Um, If it wasn't for it was through my sister, but if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I'd be because the only other option was surgery or or a cortisol shot. Pretty much what happened was um, I did this crazy boot camp for the last competition I did because of the back thing. But it was before the competition. I did this crazy boot camp. We did things that we shouldn't have. Like I did lunges on heels and things yeah. that I don't think we they looked into. I finished that, got home, and was picking something up and tweaked my back. But I didn't know that I just got a herniated disc. So I f- thought I pulled a nerve or pulled something, pulled a muscle, and I went with it. Like you had said, it's you kind of see yourself deteriorating, but you don't know yet. I'm yeah. thinking, you know, I'll recover. So I was doing stretches, but then it got to a point where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't Ooh. sit. I couldn't do anything because my sciatic nerve was getting compressed by one of my discs. Whoa. So it was... Freaking horrible! Um, yeah. And I had found out once I had got, gotten an MRI that this is very common in dancers, but mostly people in their forties. And I was twenty, so Jeez. I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah. um, that sucks."
0: You're and throwing so, throwing salt in the wound as a doctor. <laughs> and by the way, I know you're twenty, but I'm just gonna say this normally happens at forty. You didn't need to know that necessarily, but right, a, right. Here's a quick burn. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like if you didn't feel scared enough. Um yeah. <laughs> See you see you when you're 40. Let's see what happens then. I was like he cuz he told me, you know, like it's surgery or the shot and I was like that's I'm a very holistic person, not like insanely holistic like I'll take an Advil when I'm in excruciating pain, but I'll wait till I'm in excruciating pain to take one. I was like this freaking sucks. Like there's got to be something else and then my sister through her um somebody she was with Her uh, boyfriend at the time, his brother, had this facility and had this thing he had started that not many people were doing back then, but it's now, it's everywhere, but it's that electrowave therapy um, where you put those little patches on and it sends uh, electric currents to heal, but this was like next level. Like I have a video of it and sometimes look back and I'm like, I can't believe that's me. They put this backpack on you type thing or pack on you and the wave the electric shock pretty much mm-hmm. and shock your body so that it pretty much messes with your brain receptors your pathways to push you to not feel pain through feeling pain if Jeez. that makes any Whoa. sense oh my god! so yeah i i was in this horrible bubble of pain for a week and a half and usually they do it for a month with with their patients but i didn't have that time because it was in arizona so i couldn't be there for more than you know that two week span and every day we went up like 50 volts the goal was to get to like 102 days so it was brutal so you do that while you do the movement that gives you the most pain yeah so (laughs) that was how i got better (laughs) whoa (laughs) but i didn't and it um, worked it worked yeah but i still have to be careful like i'm very i'm a little bit hesitant to do certain exercises uh and luckily i've always been into health like super into health to the point where i was a trainer and like i was um giving group fitness lessons like i love anything health related anything workout fitness blah blah blah. i absorbed the information pretty quickly with how to rehab myself and i stayed away from a lot of things um but there are a lot of strengthening things and that was that that's when i saw things falling apart um and Start wow. pursuing music and still she dance started, on stage i like okay. to i mean you saw me perform but um that's like more mellow i get pretty crazy on stage and i love to if it's p- fast-paced music i like to throw in some dance moves i actually tore my meniscus at a show one time
0: um oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is intense yeah. um it sounds like you have a ton of resilience in you like a lot of things can bring you down but you i it seems like you really refuse to stay down at any point um did you yeah, where where did you get this work ethic is it family uh, friends or like who where did you first see this in yourself
1: I mean, I could give you the LA answer and say it's because I'm a Capricorn, but I'm going to give you the real one and nice. say it's my immigrant family who I cannot let down yeah. um, by no means. Um, my family's from Ukraine and they immigrated in, the ni- in 1990 with my sister being like four years old. So I'm first generation, usually... Immigrant families expect their kids to be, like, doctors or pursuing law, so choosing the arts, I have to go extra ham and really yeah. believe in myself, so yeah, there is no room for doubt, which I have a lot of, um, but <laughs> gotta push through.
0: My mom, I I think I had mentioned this when we, when we met, but my mom moved here from the Philippines when, when she was a kid, so... I I also feel this, that same twinge of like, I can't let them down. So much has mm-hmm. been sacrificed for me to be here. Yeah. So who am I to squander the opportunity? So yeah. like, how, how do you, I mean, you, you, you said it really well, which is there's no room for doubt, which I have a lot of. <laughs> so how do, yeah. how do you kind of reconcile? How do you understand um, that dichotomy?
1: It's a lot of, it's a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of roller coasters, roller coaster of emotions. You gotta give yourself pep talks and stuff. I'm lucky and grateful to have very good people in my life, especially at this point. I feel like I've sifted through the BS and now I have my nice. squad. You know, I have a lot of support around me, people telling me not to give up on days when I feel like I can't convince myself to not give up. In the beginning, for like the first four to five years of music pursuit, I was pretty not, is it one track minded when you're just moving forward? Um, And I only saw that and I wasn't really worried. You know, I would have quick thoughts of like, what if this or who even cares? But then it would immediately be squashed by, this is, you want this so bad, like, you can do it. If this person can do it, you can do it. But also you love this and like all the reasons why I love it would flood in. And then, you know, the challenges when it's been like around eight years and just in general, like pursuing music, not like me being solo for eight years. It's it's fairly new, the solo career, but still it feels like it's been the time span of how how much i've been pursuing it right. it's it's like wow it's almost been a decade and nothing's happening i you know that's recently speaking i got so down that i hadn't even written i didn't want to touch music write a song or sing for months wow. like the show you saw me at that was me being like you gotta do something and yeah. Up until like a few days before that, Miko is one of our good friends. Dalton's good friend, now my good friend. Up until that the last few days before the show, I didn't even want to say I'm confirmed. But he knew I was confirmed. <laughs> but I in my in my head I was like, I don't know if I'm playing this yet. I practiced leading up to it, but yeah, it's it's scary, honestly, like just in general because when you've done the process of a song release, uh, announcing it, doing your content. I know people are learning now how much it takes, but they're, they still don't know how much it takes, especially if you make your own content. And kudos to you, dude, for this podcast and everything you you edit and push out there. Like, oh my God, plus your own music. It is so awesome. And I think when you've done it so many times, you start to think what, no one cares like why is this not getting bigger or moving more than you know you think it would yeah. and it's that's when the doubt comes in and yeah. it's hard to quiet that thought or those thoughts um what i do i don't sorry i don't know if i answered your question also i had coffee like an hour ago and it's hitting me now so that's why <laughs> Love i'm it. really Love blabbing it. i try my best to I pray a lot um, yeah. and I used to do like Oracle cards that, that they really helped me um, get grounded because they would come in with these cool messages, but I mainly meditate now and pray. So I use Headspace um, whenever I start to get overwhelmed with my thoughts and praying helps keep the faith of this machine going. And yeah, I, I think the main thing I try to remind myself of it of is the fun in all of it, like, yeah, the fun in the process, the point of why I pursued this in the first place, which was to share my feelings, so that they could be digestible and relatable to others and others could be impacted by them. But yeah. it's mainly a way of expression. And that's really what matters. And like, if people resonate with it, awesome but if they don't I shouldn't get down on myself because I did something at the end of the day for myself Yeah.
0: yeah how does that feel to you when you feel like you've like when you're writing and you really do feel like you've processed through something does that is it does that feeling actually make it feel all worth it to you or do you still I mean I feel like it's also really common to want other people to validate it. That's kind of the thing that I'm always coming back to of being like, well, I actually think this is really good. So I also want other people to validate it, but also if it's so good, why can't I just let it be, you know?
1: Dude. Yeah. 100%. That same exact battle. I think in the process, it's less me thinking about, I've been able to teach myself from the beginning because I knew this was very important because when I started, I started Um, by listening to hits so that I could teach myself song structure like Mm -hmm. way back when and when I would write I wouldn't think obviously because I had no no idea what your own style is and how to do that and and find that so I was focusing on what would other people want to listen to and that's why now during the process I never think about anybody else I try to fully immerse myself in my emotions so when I Do figure that expression out and am able to translate it into a lyric or into a melody is the best feeling for sure. I think when the final product gets put together and it's like I'm on the I'm on the fifth final version of the mix I'm like I really hope people like this or like I hope they feel this the way I feel this and that's why releases are tough because if you don't get those reposts or you don't get little validation on social media or whatever that empty stuff is uh, you start to kind of get down on yourself
0: yeah yeah Uh, but yeah in in those times when you're not getting the validation that you think you should or when you are like finding yourself in a space of not writing and like just not having the motivation to to go through it like what are there there are people in your life who like really care about you in those moments and they want to say the right thing to like help like mm-hmm. what if you were to like feed them a perfect script like what are some of the things that you think would really help you to hear in those moments
1: honestly my close friends have their perfect script because they know me and yeah. they I don't like bullshitters and I don't like oh pardon my French I don't know if we're allowed to swear on here, but I really respect honesty and transparency, and I don't care if like, it's, it's not for somebody, um, something I make. But that's, I think, in the beginning processes of creating anything, I think it's pretty dangerous to ask for feedback. That's, yeah. I've learned that with things I've made a, outside of music. That's why when I send something that's a draft, but like closer to something I feel comfortable sharing, If they say how much they like it, awesome. Uh, There is really no perfect script. I don't... I am lucky enough to have grown up with parents that didn't praise my sister or me, so I don't expect any kind of praise. So if there is, oh, awesome, I like this, I just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I almost rather not have any of that so that I don't get uh used to it um because then I think that's a little dangerous to expect some kind of positive feedback all the time sorry not to be cynical
0: no no it's really it's really interesting I and I think this also like touches on the immigrant family thing because this is um like I have a there's there's a there's a story that my sister and I tell each other of me coming home with a report card and like showing it to my mom and it's mm-hmm. all A's and then in homeroom it says NM which meant no mark because uh, you don't get graded in that and I show the report card to my you only get so many report cards a year and so I like show it to my mom like hey mom here's the report card and she looks at it she goes what's NM I was, <laughs> like, I was like it means no mark and she goes good and she just hands it back I'm just saying good <laughs> yeah. and that was like the le- and like she, she wasn't it was I like caught her on a very specific day but like yeah that it's like a very common type of feedback from like immigrant parents yeah of, of like yeah you know yeah, <laughs> I, I assumed that you were gonna get all A's in school because if you right. didn't what what the hell yeah um, so
1: <laughs> no it's so funny because it's so true and it's like it doesn't matter where you're from. It's If you're foreign, that is literally the answer of every parent. Yeah. What is a, a, What is NM? And all the A's are right there. Yeah. You're not going to say one thing about any, oh, good, or wow, you got to name this. No, what is the mm. one thing that doesn't look like it's supposed to be there? <laughs> all right, mom.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: I feel you, dude. I mean, <laughs> I didn't get straight A's in school, well, I did in some, some of my years, but um, some of the others, was a, they were a struggle because I, I just didn't like homework. I didn't mind learning, but it was needing to turn in something on someone's time that bothered me. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to do it on my own time. So a lot of the things I did were, it was A plus work, but they were graded poorly because they were late. My grades suffered because of that. So... I don't know. I've, I have I've always thought school is awesome, but like the grading system is a little tough for people who not necessarily rebellious, but just don't really want to do things on other people's time.
0: Yeah. And you were already on someone else's time with your like practicing for a dance. Oh my God. Time. So it was like you already are held to high levels of excellence elsewhere. So you're like, I'm not going to prioritize this other thing that I care less about exactly oh man so you you start singing as you're like finishing dancing I I I don't I don't really see like the the like rise of musical skill like in as like stated in your story you know like where where are you like learning how to sing where are you like learning how to write songs like where where is that in the timeline
1: I was actually singing since I was a kid, but it was for fun. Um, Mm. My mom put me in Broadway. I would do also outside of school, so it was just, like, all this extra stuff that she was shoving me into because she could see that I was more of a creative, artsy child. Math wasn't my strong suit, so she was like, yeah, let's, let's push her to do something like dance or whatever else. But I didn't train i just did it for fun at home in front of my mirror so much to the point that i think i trained myself not necessarily properly because sure. later yeah. i did train and i was told like you're yeah you're singing from your throat blah 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 technique but always liked to be the center of attention i sang happy birthday as a child At every birthday event we had my parents liked to party amongst their Eastern European friends like everyone had dinners, birthday things, we took like little local trips I always tried to perform and I always tried to make some kind of entrance or i would get upset there's like footage of me getting upset that someone started happy birthday along with me because it was literally me on a chair yeah and singing and i'd be like everybody be quiet and they'd be like this girl is a freaking brat so anyway that's where the training for singing comes in but yeah it's it was one of those things where my mom um would lightly tell me like you you can sing but I always would think back to American Idol where those people that during the tryouts would sing and Simon would be like, who told you to be here? And they'd be like, my mom loves my voice. So yeah. I was petrified. I was like, I'm definitely crap because yeah. my mom tells me I'm good. So that was the thought I ran with for super long. And then actually this is where the vigor and the, the drive came in to pursue music. Cause it, it it is super random to just go from dance and and to music and music was always a part of my life regardless of whatever I was doing. It was always something that I gravitated towards and anywhere we were, like if I heard something it was just as a kid even like I would light up. And my mom even got me into French class like wanted me to take French in high school as the language you choose. You know, you could do a language, yeah. whatever. Because I was fluently singing French as a nice. five-year-old, jeez, like my ear was is crazy that I can pat myself on the back for. But I would m- memorize songs in different languages, Italian. I'm named after an Italian song and sing What's them.
0: The
1: song? Susanna, it's super cool.
0: Okay, it's cool. by
1: this m- man called Adriano Celentano. But it's everyone is always like. Oh, like, oh Susanna and I'm like, No, because I'm not American but I am, but like my parents wouldn't yeah, yeah, ever yeah. name me after that. Right. Back to the point my yeah, my mom thinking, you know, I I can sing in French so well, put her in French class, didn't do so well, but it always came down to my ear and I had just I had this feeling like I really want to try this and I was with this I was dating this guy, well, with this guy, uh, who was a rapper and we don't even have to go there, but he would like crank the music when I would sing. So he, you couldn't hear me. Yeah. And I, and I was like, this mother is trying to push me down and pretty much tell me I can't do this. He broke my heart, many stories like that. I took that and ran with it. And after that happened, um, I just pushed myself forward and i was like i know i i can do this like there's something in me i know i have something and then yeah i just started training myself so that was my training
0: man that's like that's like the making of every good supervillain of like someone squashing someone squashing syndrome go home buddy
1: yeah for real
0: (laughs) and you being like got it i went home best singer you know
1: I went home and I and started writing and every boy has been the catalyst for a good song and I'm sure they're all weeping now. Seriously, <laughs> the the love and it's so funny when I think about my name Lovesky. I when I was sitting down to think about my brand and like what I want to exude to the world, it's like it's all around love. It encompasses love in every way, the nitty gritty part and then The ethereal part of love but yeah it's definitely that has been a constant and helps me get through writing and spurs ideas I think also right now it's been blissful for over a year now with the person I've been with it's sometimes like oh I have to realize that what I was writing about was pure pain and so you have to kind of like veer off into this blissful world and and try to change up what your muses are you know
0: yeah absolutely i think that's really healthy because
1: it's very healthy yeah
0: (laughs) you want to have good relationships in your life and you want to make space for that
1: yeah yeah it's just it's just a matter of like changing your perspective on what you're writing and also the fuel was coming from like if i would get hurt or feel any pain i would immediately go to writing um Mm -hmm. but when you're not feeling that pain or anything like that you have to remind yourself well i still have to write and i think that was another thing that i kind of stopped doing without realizing and then then that doubt hit and then i was like well can i even write still so that's been um yeah it's been tough
0: do you have you ever watched avatar the last airbender i bring this up a lot oh
1: One of my favorite shows. Yeah. One of the great shows. One
0: of the most important arcs, I think, is like the source of fire for Zuko. For him, Mm. understanding like fire doesn't come from rage, fire is beauty and light. And yes, whenever we lose like a coping style, like a negative coping style, we always like forget like why we had it in the first place. And like what it provided to us was like a smidgen of healing. But when you get Mm. really healed, like. Then that's where like real power is it's like you can if you're if you get really healed, you don't need to cope you just you just have all the power back, um, yes, and that's I think then you get into even deeper things like believing that you belong somewhere, and then you like your eyes open up to all the spaces that like make you feel like you don't belong and you like mm-hmm. there's plenty of rage to be had in the world, but there's also like deeper emotions to explore than this one person didn't want me um mm-hmm. even though that is like the most. It resonates so well because it's the most personal, but, um, yes, that's, that's great. Good for you, man. Resilience is just like the word that keeps coming back of just being like, yeah, I I, I don't know what it is about, um, like things just not being able to hold you down, but it seems like that's like a real, like a real (laughs) through line in your story of like something, something that would often be interpreted as the thing that ruined you is actually the thing that's accelerating you. And I think that's, like, a wonderful superpower to be able to have. It's just Thank real, you. It's just wow. a comment for you.
1: <laughs> that's a great soundbite. Honestly, I, I I couldn't have put it better. That's honestly, like, how I've, after getting through the hurdle, that's how I have felt. Like, things have been very difficult. There are things I probably won't share till later in life, like, part of of my relationships in the past and really difficult things that I've had to go through. Even, you know, silly things like dancing and back injury and all of that. But yeah, I think, I don't know. That's always what pushes me to keep going. I yeah. I think there's just so much learn learning to be done in difficult situations. Something that I try my best to do is to always see why something's happening. Not be a a victim, like why is this happening to me mentality, but why is this happening to me? Let's look at it and look at what the positive might be. Like the injury had made me slow down, made me think about the future, made me realize I don't think I wanna pursue dance like this, like the way I have been. Right. Um, competing and just being a machine that's never resting you know thinking outside the box what do i want my legacy to be all of those things just out of that one that one situation so many other experiences that opened my mind to other points in my life and other doors and other people and so many amazing things
0: yeah that's a strong way to look at it i love even the tone of the question i think again you said it really well like not not why is this happening to me but why is this happening to me is like Mm -hmm. a really even that that says that says a lot um I want to ask you a few questions that I ask everybody uh, (laughs) before before we head out what is either some good music advice you've received or some bad music advice can be about your career or your sound or whatever
1: good or bad let's see bad was told to not do a specific style um because I didn't fit the image Hmm. and that was like later well in the moment i was like oh man and i really got down on myself for even trying to do that but then in the back of my mind i was like but i loved making that and it was so easy for me to make that yeah i never really went back to making exactly that it was sing rap it was like post malone before post malone i was told don't do that but then i yeah i felt like i identified with it in some way um but Later on, I took that and still made that element happen. Like in my newest song, I have a ver- like I have my second verse as almost kind of rapping in my own way. So that was advice I really didn't like. Anything to do with just because you look that way, don't do it. And I was already getting like people whenever they'd hear me in the studio, they'd be like, "That's you," and I'd be like, "Okay, what does that mean? Sure. What did you expect me to?" They didn't expect me to sound the way it did based off how I looked who cares whatever and yeah, I mean good advice, good advice, probably just make things make things yeah. um i I was getting in my head about future like shows blah 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 this was when I was just starting, and my cousin who is the most awesome music person he has his own reggae label music management company um but He was like, Suze, why don't you make some songs first? Like, that's the most important thing. And then you can worry about all that. Yeah, just whatever people are pursuing out there, um, make a ton of it first and then start worrying about all the other stuff.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, Any books or authors that have meant a lot to you in the last couple of years?
1: Last couple of years. Um, My whole life, J.K. Rowling, because I just love Harry Potter.
0: That's Um, great.
1: (laughs) but. I love... I, I can say a book. I don't remember the authors. I'm really bad with names. All the Light We Cannot See, uh-huh. um, Invisible Bridge, those kind of go hand in hand because they're all... I'm very fascinated by World War Two stories, uh-huh. um, anything set during that time. I think it's just really close to me because my grandpa went through it. Yeah, he was a holocaust baby so and then i wouldn't even be born if it wasn't for a nazi letting my great grandma go with my grandma um on my mom's side yeah so there that's a lot of other stuff but anything any novel based in that time um and i love so many other things i have like a lot of self-help books health books i feel like Oh, the Nightingale. I got to shout that one out. I know her name's right there, so I'll say it. Uh, Kristen Hanna. So good. So good. Great. Read it in like three days because I couldn't put it down.
0: Nice. Well, that's a great review already.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm missing so many, but we'll just let it go.
0: Great. And then you just came out with a song um, and with the video. Oh, Um, yeah. So I'll be leaving links to that in all the description and things like that but um are there other things that people should be looking out on the horizon for as well
1: um just listen to that song and send it to your friends and watch the video because i did it myself and every pretty much every release mostly every release i edit and figure out how to shoot it and blah blah, blah. dalton my boyfriend helped me shoot this one but it was like me directing it and editing it and it's just a lot. So when it's a lot, I love seeing if that people are actually enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so that and yeah, I mean, I'm going to be releasing a lot of music in the next few months. So cool. just follow me on the socials and Spotify, because then it like gives you the update that some that your yeah. favorite artists are dropping.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, Suze, thank you so much for your time. Honestly, it's a pleasure to get to know you more. Um, Yeah, hopefully we'll get to do another show at Nico's soon.
1: I would love that. And sorry for blabbing. I really went off today.
0: No, that's uh, the point of the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess we kind of talk on the podcast, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Cool,
1: cool. Um, Well, I appreciate you, dude. Thank you for having me on. You are amazing. Everybody go listen to Connor's music because... We had it playing in the car and you are a great songwriter. And I, it's hard for me in interviews because I get so fascinated by the people interviewing me. I have to suppress questions that I have for your life and what you do. So I'm like, don't ask that and be quiet. (laughs) But you're an awesome human and I hope I can interview you soon.
0: Well, you can. We can, all, we can all grab a dinner or something. I'm sure my, my wife would love you and Dalton.
1: That would be awesome. All awesome. right.
0: Cool. I'll talk to you soon, and we'll clap us out. You spend all your
1: days looking for meaning, and you scatter mine. Something's wrong with me, for one, someone who don't make me smile. But yeah, you end up wanting what you shouldn't have. And I wish my intuition could have my back.
0: Thank you kindly for listening to the podcast. It's really just an excuse for me to meet amazing people and learn from them. So if you like this episode, feel free to take a look at some of the other artists I've talked to, or let me know if there's someone in your life who's a musician that you'd like me to talk to next. You can learn more about my music at ConnorCherland.com or find me on Instagram or Spotify under ConnorCherland, C-O-N-N-E-R-C-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. All right. See ya.